0: Um, There's a lot of noise on the line, Melody. Okay. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 16th, 2017, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 55, the fifth paragraph. We're going to read through seven paragraphs, ending with, To his maker and he knew. Today's readers are Andy F. on the 12 steps, Carrie M. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Wendy M. and Kathy Joe P. The reference number for Thursday, June 15th, 10 a.m., is 10. And this morning's meeting, Friday 7 a.m. meeting, the reference number is 10048, 10048. Our OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members.
1: Hi, good morning. Um, this is Andy F., anorexic bulimic compulsive eater in Portland, Oregon. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four. Four. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you, Andy. I will now ask Carrie M
0: to read the Twelve Traditions. Carrie? Hi, my name is Carrie
2: M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. The Twelve Traditions, our com number one, our Commonwealth issue come first. Our personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeat is anonymous, has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. 12 Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I passed.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Ann. How our meeting works Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And and please don't use uh, speaker phones. We get an echo. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 55. It's the fifth paragraph, and it starts with, in this book, you will read. And we're going to read through seven paragraphs, ending with the line, on the top of 57 to his maker then he knew. And we're gonna comment on all of it. And so I am going to ask Wendy M to read those paragraphs. Wendy?
3: Yes, good morning, Sylvia. Thank you for your service. Wendy M recovered in Colorado. Here we go. In this book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. His story is so interesting that some of it should be told now. His change of heart was dramatic, convincing, and moving. Our friend was a minister's son. He attended church school where he became rebellious at what he thought an overdose of religious education. For years thereafter, he was dogged by trouble and frustration, business failure, insanity, fatal illness, suicide. These calamities in his immediate family embittered and depressed him. Post-war disillusionment, ever more serious alcoholism, impending mental and physical collapse, brought him to the point of self-destruction. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend Gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question. Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees, In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide at flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He had stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken him, had shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night years ago it disappeared. Save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned, and at such times a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly he could not drink even if he would. God had restored his sanity. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. Hmm. So I'm getting uh, emotional. This is so powerful because that's what happened to me about a year ago. I was approached by a compulsive overeater who had known a spiritual experience. And I saw in her eyes this, the presence of God. I saw that her barriers were swept away. She was in conscious companionship with her creator. Oh, my Lord. This is a miracle. It's a miracle that I found her. It's a miracle that I was completely willing to put down the food entirely. I was willing to do anything she said, and I have no idea why I was willing to do it. It's a miracle God took over. It was a miracle. She said, how free do you want to be? She said to me, are you desperate? She said to me, you know, are you willing to go to any length? And I nodded and said, absolutely, let's go. Let's go. And I experienced conscious contact with God immediately when I became entirely abstinent. It was, it was just, it was easy. And the other thing I want to say about this is when we say, who are you to say there is no God, what comes to mind is the set-aside prayer that says, I don't even know what I don't even know. The set-aside prayer says, are you willing to set aside what you think you know? All these years, all these years for me, am I willing to set aside? And I say yes, and I say thank God, and I say um, that I need this open mind. And I have to say I spent my years telling you what I thought I knew, and what I knew was right, and it had to be. And there is so much relief and freedom today not knowing, saying to my husband, I don't know, what do you think? That's a miracle. That's a revolution right there. That's a spiritual experience. There is so much freedom in not knowing today. It is so much easier. I am so much more serene, and I'm so much more open to possibilities, whether it's God or anything. Because when I'm in I know, my world gets small, and there's no room for God. When I know I know, it's no good. I spent my whole life thinking, I know I know. In college, I had buttons on one side of my jean jacket that said, I'm right. And the other side of my jean jacket, the button said, and you're wrong. And, that's, and I had bumper stickers that said the same thing. I'm right, you're wrong. I had to go through life like that because I didn't want you to know that I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. And today, I know nothing, thank you, God. I know nothing today. And when I get scared, I have to remember that I know nothing today. My food problem has been taken away. Barriers to people. Are swept away. I am in the presence of infinite power and love when I remember and when I practice this program. And thank you, God. It's I. I just I get like kind of um, I don't know what the word is um, shaky when I read this. You know, it's it's step two. It's a miracle, and it's the circumstances made him willing to believe. Step two. He humbly offered himself to his maker, step three. It's all in the steps, and it's all in that willingness to believe, that willingness to open up my mind today. Um, And the thought of food has not returned. Oh, my God, that's incredible. And the fact that I'm open and willing to say, I have no idea, what do you think? It's a bloody miracle, and I'll pass with that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Wendy. I will now open it up for reading. We're reading the last paragraph on page fifty-five, all the way through fifty-six, and the top paragraph on fifty-seven. And who would like to start the list? Star window. Margie.
4: Alcoholics and compulsive eater. What? What is uh, this? What a miracle! Uh, is that the one?
0: Uh, it's Margie. Is that who it yeah. is?
4: State okay, Park, yeah. you're.
0: we're reading the last paragraph on page 55, all of page 56, and the top paragraph on 57. And if you want to stand by, uh, who else do I have?
5: Amanda R.
0: Amanda R. Charles D. Charles D. Anybody Kathy Joe. Kathy Jo. Anybody else? Okay. Well, we're going to start with Margie. If you could give me your last and the first initial of your last name when you share, followed by Amanda R. And you have three minutes for sharing on this topic. Thank you, Margie.
4: Margie A. St. Louis Park, Minnesota. I am so grateful and blessed to to be a part of this compulsive eating program of recovery. I uh, had a, a spiritual experience as well, and at the time, I was hating myself because of my anorexia believe behavior that I couldn't stop, and I kept asking my higher power for help, and this love flooded me, and I felt like I was precious, and I was a gift, and because he loved me right where I was at, I was able to love myself, and it's been, you know, like 30 years since I've, I've had problems with anorexia bulimia. I'm so grateful for the presence of that infinite power and love and um by, but it's two years now for me with compulsive eating'cause i I started overeating, and what I know is that 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 a great thought did come to me that if he could love me, maybe I could love myself, and that was the true thing for my my recovery, loving myself and accepting myself right where I was at. So that um, embitterment about my compulsive eating left me and that disillusionment that I had felt about people and situations was gone because it was replaced by the feeling that I was in the presence of a loving creator. So that self-destructive behavior of mine just melted away and... and, um, that mental obsession of the mind was removed. So he restored me in in, in my right thinking about who I am to him and, and that's what made the difference. So when, when he disclosed himself to me, I I felt so fortunate that, you know, that that I am who I am because he loved me. And that knowledge has helped me be of service to others and to pay it forward by taking on service commitments and sharing experience, strength, and hope with others who are suffering from compulsive eating, which seems to be what I need to do to keep in touch with who I am as a compulsive eater, and that all will Thank you, Margie A.
0: Amanda R., followed by Charles D.,
5: Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maine. And uh, I I certainly didn't tumble out of bed to my knees. There were no thunderbolts in this process for me. You know, there certainly have been moments of, of great peace and um, feeling of, of just overwhelming peace. But then I'm back in, you know, just regular everyday life. And it's, it's not really, I think for some of us, this spiritual experience is is not so much of a pink cloud, and yet it works. Um, there's uh, the, that sentence: "Who are you to say there is no God?" I'm kind of reflecting on that because there's some really uh, really hard things going on in in my family right now, and you know, as a little little kid, happens to be my son, who is who's really going through some some tough stuff being being mistreated and um, by his by his father and and it's easy for me to look into this and say you know here before recovery i would say well uh that's it obviously can't rely on god god's not picking up the ball if if god were around this stuff wouldn't be happening and so i gotta fix it myself and whatever off the deep end crazy thing i gotta do i gotta fix this thing and yet now, despite the fact that you know I never really tumbled out of bed to my knees, um, I can say that I I still do hold on. Excuse me, hold on to the idea of that God is here. Not even the idea, but just the knowledge that just because I don't understand, just because this thing doesn't make sense to me. Um, that doesn't mean that there is no God. That doesn't mean that God isn't in control. It just means God's doing something that I don't understand. And I don't need to understand it. And I guess maybe that's an illustration of of the educational variety of of change here, that I'm just holding steady and I'm doing the best I can. I am praying and and acting on what I know I can... uh, legitimately do in this situation and the rest of it i just give up and go fold the laundry or wash the dishes and and hand it back to god i'm not sure if that made a whole lot of sense there but i guess i was trying to encourage people um that this this spiritual change can come in many different ways but it does come through working these steps
6: and with that i'll pass
0: thank you amanda r charles d you're up followed by kathy joe
6: Yes, I'm Charles D. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Well, I've really um, been inspired by many people in this program who I, I sense that the problem had been solved or it, it was being solved in their lives. And that, that has been the main inspiration for me to uh, to want the program and to want to have a, a real experience with uh, with God, um, I had to um, let go of that self-pity and, and my belief that God should have done or should be there already or have been helped me out when I really needed it. And um, so I, I be, but I saw that that God working in in people in this program and i i wanted that and i that was enough inspiration for me to to start in on the program and and it what it has been um the work that's that i've done the the step work and the and the self effort doing the footwork to uh to start clearing away my my wreckage of my past and to clear my mind so that uh I could make room for God, and it, it has. Um, I, I'm happy to say that I now can have. I have that experience that I, I know that God, that great reality, is is really there for me now, and it's a it's a wonderful awakening that I've had, and it's it's because of of this program that um, I've gotten. Um, my food has has returned to. Um, a peacefulness and a, a steadiness that I can eat consistently. That is a that's a miracle of God and, and this program. And um, now I can I can pray and I can feel that someone is there. And so I'm really grateful to um, to be a part of the program that's that's given me the, the blessing of God and the blessing of of abstinence and and a fellowship of people that are going to continue this journey with me. Thank you. Pass.
0: Thank you, Charles D. Kathy Jo, and then I'm going to slip in there after. Kathy Jo, and then I'll reopen it for uh, uh, shares. Kathy Jo.
7: Hi, this is Kathy Joe, P., a recovered compulsive eater in Minnesota. And I was a slow learner. It says, some of us grow into it more slowly. But he has him. I came back a little five years ago to OA and I was at the point where pride and I keep I remember that uh, Kathy jo? says,
0: Kathy Joe. Yeah? You're you're fading in and out, so if you could like move to a different place or get your microphone up better, we're only hearing every other
7: word. So go for it. Okay, and okay. Um, I was at a place in my life where I prided myself on being right. And I remember when I came back to OA five years ago, I heard a quote, as wrong as you can be, you can be free. And I thought to myself, that will never be me. I am never going to want to be the person who's wrong. Um, I also did not want to ever acknowledge that i had harmed anyone that i had character defects i i remember thinking you know when i was younger i used to pray and ask god to help me be a better person i no longer prayed that i i was at a point where i wanted more in life i wanted god to give to me i wanted people to treat me better I wanted things to be easier for me, 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 I'm hearing a theme, and now I really believe 100% that to the extent that I can be wrong, I can be free, and to the extent that I need God to help me be a better person in this world and asking all of you to help me a day at a time to see my wrongs and to... Be a better person, to be of service, to look at how can I help the more free I get. And that to me is the biggest miracle of all. And I say I was a slow learner, but I was a hard case and I never dreamed that I would be where I am in wanting to look at every day how can I be better? How can I be of more service? How can I? walk more gently and um, look at the ways that I need God to help me be better. It's it's amazing. And I also want to point out, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the big book where it talks about how can this be but a miracle of healing. Um, what my sponsor says is you look in your rearview mirror and when you look back at your life, you see that God has always been with you and, I've been through some big things in my life, and now I can see that God has always been there, and that is amazing to me as I move forward into today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Kathy Joe. And this is Sylvia F. I'm going to slip in here for a second. And you know, I I want the the shares have been so profoundly helpful to me. And um, the paragraph where it says, in a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God, so this is not a theoretical thought that we have. It poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide of a flood. And this is, what, this is this, so this is what I saw when I started to hear and see recover people. What I saw is he stood in the presence of infinite power and love and you know, I didn't know what people had, but I know what it looked like. And um, you know, what it looked like was being okay with themselves. There was there w you know, there was nothing confusing about these people and uh and that's what I wanted. And you know, one one time I was looking because I was uh, preparing for something and I looked I did a search of the big book and looked for the word surrender. And um, I was shocked. There's no word surrender, but that's what everything is talking about: is how do we surrender ourselves to something outside of ourselves with faith? We don't even know what it is. We don't know even if it is, and are we willing to surrender that? You know, and and uh, so what? How it happens for me? You know, I have had. You know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I've had both. And I don't stay in this uh, presence of infinite power and love. But that's what I'm always crawling back to through the steps. That's why I'm doing the steps. That's why I'm doing the work. That's why I hang out with you guys every morning um, to do this work. Because um, when I'm not aligned with God, life is bumpy, my everything around me feels disjointed and, um, not okay. And, and I, I, I constantly do this little exercise is okay. So who isn't okay with me? And, you know, because I, I get in the ER disease, uh, you know, I I think everybody else is smarter, richer, prettier, thinner, whatever. I'm into compare, you know, I'm doing comparisons. And so I literally go back to Okay, who isn't okay with me? And I'm the only one. And if I go back to this power greater than myself, I feel this presence of infinite power and love. That's what I surrender to and ask for the next right thing. And I want to feel that serenity in, in the face of calamity. That's that's the joy and that is the happy, joyous and free. With that, I pass and I am ready to take a list of who else wants to share And we are on page fifty-five, starting with the last paragraph, all of fifty-six, and the first paragraph on fifty-seven. Who do I have? Terry K. Roz. Terry K. Roz G. Terry H. Uh, Terry H. I heard someone very quiet in the background. I didn't get it. Len P. Len P. Sherry K B. Sherry K B. Okay. Anybody else?
8: Jody okay. EQ.
0: Jody EQ. Got you, Jody. I've Carrie K., Roz G., Terry H., Lynn P., Sherry KB, and Jody EQ. Carrie K., can you start?
9: Yes, thank you. Good morning. I'm going to share a slightly different perspective on these paragraphs because I my higher power is is a little bit different and not the traditional judeo-christian god and i think when i first read this text it kind of raised my hackles a little bit and um, i had to read it a, a number of times and then my wonderful sponsor spent a lot of time with me working to help me define my own higher power which in this case might be a little bit different than other people's higher power. And we spent a lot of time talking about what I believed in or where my beliefs lay and coming to define that higher power, which she had me do in writing, really helped me to have some focus similar, I think, to what's being described in this text. and and some things that have been shared earlier. And uh, also what I really appreciated that was shared earlier was the thought that it's not always such a dramatic, eye-opening spiritual experience. For me, it took a little bit longer and it took a little bit more work than the man who had this sudden vision and fell to his knees. So I just wanna say that for me, even though, I might have a different God, um, still finding the path to this higher power really helped a great deal on my journey in this in
0: this big book study. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carrie Kay. Roz G. followed by Terry H.
10: Good morning. This is Raj G., recovered compulsive eater in Los Angeles County. Did you guys finish on the sentence that says, "Who are you to say there is no God?" Yes, we have okay, gone through good. that. Uh, yes, we've gone okay, through. Very okay, very good. Okay, thank you. I'm going to share this uh, kind of from two perspectives. Um, the first one is is that um, it's just good to to see here that uh, not you know I'm not the only one who felt. Um, disillusioned by God because I came from a religious background too. Yet, you know, as I've shared over the past week, you know, I did not have the marriage that I wanted. I feel cheated out of that. Um, you know, I, I, I raised my kids on my own for 13 years. Um, I lived in poverty myself for a while. Um, not realizing that those situations have brought me to a place where I can share them with others and to show how God is so great that he could bring me out of all of that and though I did not have a thunderbolt moment I've had the spiritual experience that has come slowly and richly and uh, with humility I see this this statements that says, who are you to say that there is no God? And I'm in a postgraduate program right now where I have to write a dissertation and I have to do a lot of quoting of other people because I cannot give a presentation on my own, on my own goods, on my own knowledge. I have to back it up with somebody else's. And same with sponsorship. I have to I have to do what um what I'm told. Uh I don't have to, but I choose to. If I want to get recovery, I need to have somebody else who has been there and done that and has recovered. I have to humble myself and say, "What have you done? I don't know what to do." So, I'm not it's I'm not anybody. I'm somebody, but I'm not anybody in a sort I ha- without God. And then the other thing I just want to share is is that When confined to a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. And uh, on Thursday nights, I attend a a meeting. There's three of us, four of us, maybe an average of four people that attend that meeting every week. And it's in a hospital. Uh, Oh, uh, Saturday morning. There's Well, uh, Thursday and Saturday, we attend this face-to-face meeting. And right there, there is a whole bariatric unit. And... uh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to pray and approach the hospital personnel to ask. Thank you. I hear the timer. If we can go in and and pass out information to these people, which would be such a cool thing to do, just like these guys did way back then. Thank you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Rajji. Terry H. Followed by Lynn P. Terry.
11: Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. You know, the inability to deal with life on life's terms brought me to the food and food behaviors. I'm 50 years old today, and for 45 years, my earliest memory of um, compulsive overeating was when I was five years old. And for 45 years, I was turned into food and food behaviors to deal and cope with life and on life's terms at that time for me, you know, just like this guy, you know, all the things that were happening in his life. And, you know, as I, you know, finally, when I came to a place, you know, that I needed to make a decision that I was going to, no longer going to live this life. You know, I was hopeless, you know, I wanted to die. I was desperate. And, but but I wasn't helpless. You know, I went through a period in my life where I believed, I didn't believe, you know, if there was a God, why isn't he helping me? You know, I went through all that. I searched different religions, you know, then, you know, nature, you know, all kinds of things, searching and, and having that connection. But I know 100% of my heart when I did those 12 steps, when I worked those 12 steps and I... You know, did my inventory and I cleaned house and I turned it over and I surrendered and I trusted and I came to believe, you know, I believe 100% that my higher power worked a miracle in me. You know, and I connected and I had that spiritual experience, that spiritual liberation. And you know, it is so humbling and and so beautiful. And today, you know, I just want more of it. You know, today, my concept of my higher power continues to grow. It continues to evolve. And I learned on these lines, there are two things I need to always know is that there is a higher power, my higher power, and it's not me. It can be inside me. It can be outside me. But it's not me. I couldn't do it. I was powerless. And I was dying. And now I'm living life to its fullest. Each and every day, and I'm enjoying enjoying my family, my relationships, my life, even my o a meetings and it's just you know it's been awesome, and you know just keep at it one day at a time, do the work, surrender, and trust and with that, I pass
0: thank you Terry Lynn P followed by sherry k b.
12: This is Len P from sunny Southern California talking from my hot tub and I love today's reading. It really underlines where I was in my disease, and my disease was all about self-centeredness and, and thinking that I was in charge. You know, I've been in OA for 18 years and I've heard the serenity prayer a million, million times, and it has it never really sunk in because I always thought somehow, some way I can move that mountain, that I could be in control, that it didn't matter how big the obstacle. You know, I was brought up to, you know, be a survivor. I was brought up to be a winner. That was my, you know, game plan, that my higher power in in those days were my parents, and in in particular my mother, who was self-made. And she didn't believe in emotion. She didn't believe in failure. And and basically the expectation was that I would have to follow suit. Well, you know, the problem with that idea is that when you hit a wall and you think that you can move that mountain, and when God says that you're not going to move that mountain, it's not going to happen. And the frustration and the pain and all, when things didn't go my way, when, and, and these other things that occurred uh, didn't um, you know, uh, follow my script in life, then uh, I would eat at it. I would find a way to medicate myself for the perceived failure of my part. And today I have a higher power. It's not a higher power of my upbringing. The higher power of my upbringing spoke a foreign language. I didn't understand them. It scared me, the rituals that were involved uh in uh, my faith um were weird and different i grew up in a mainly christian environment and and uh i was the one jewish kid in in the school that i went to and and so i felt isolated and alienated and different and today i design my own god and my god is all loving all caring he doesn't speak a foreign language he gives me freedom of choice but he he has a plan and when things don't go, quote, unquote, my way, there's a bigger picture that I don't see, that he sees, and uh, I'm okay with it today. So today, the surrounding Prayer really reigns true, that um, things that are not in my control, uh, are it's okay because God has my back. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Lynn P. Sherry K.B., followed by Jody E.Q.,
13: Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry K.B. in Northern California, grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thanks for your service, Sylvia, and everyone on the line. Um, I love what everybody's been sharing. A little history here. This is about um, a man. His name is Fritz Mayo, and if you look on page 208, that's the story. And what I really appreciate about this story is that, you know, we get on the line and we talk about, you know, we talk about compare and despair, you know. So, you know, look for the similarities rather than the differences. Look, for, look to identify in rather than to identify out, because that's what your disease wants. Um, I knew that's what my disease wanted. And so, you know, I came up with my own conception of God um, for me. And um, when we hear about this guy, he's gone he's through a lot. He grew up as a minister's son. He grew up with a lot of stuff being shoved down his throat, and he didn't like it, and he rebelled. And I think that most of us on this line rebelled around a lot of things, and I know I did. And so, you know, I get to co- come up with my own conception of of a higher power. And for me, I know that it's in the asking, and I know that when I started working these steps, the barriers that, you know, were built up through the years were swept away. And my barriers were like my self-will, my, you know, my finite self, which means limited, um, my compulsive overeating, um, the well, I had to put the food down before I got into the step work, uh, but my resentments and my fears and my restless irritable and discontent, my fear, doubt, and insecurity, those were the barriers that I had because I wasn't leaning on a power greater than myself. And the whole idea of this book is to get into the step work to get unblocked so I can connect with a power greater than myself and who I choose to call my higher power. And if you look in the spiritual experience on page 567, it's not telling that we have to have a burning bush. We can. It's in, you know, everyday occurrences. It's in the change in our behavior. Because I just, I know, I keep noticing more and more the way I used to react to things in life. I'm acting so differently, and I know that's my higher power. It's not me. It's my higher power working through me with my consciousness, my constant, constant companion, with my creator, with my higher power, and that's the difference in my life today due to these steps. And um, I know that I could not do without it, and I also know that I have to take the action every day. It's not like I wake up and I'm, you know, I can rest on my laurels and everything's fine now. No, life happens, and so I have to keep doing this deal over and over, one day at a time. And I'm just so grateful for all of you guys. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Cherry KB, Jody EQ.
8: Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. I, I like the story of this man, um, it's different from mine. Uh, I believed always in a higher power, but I didn't have a relationship with that power. I had substituted food for that power. So the day that I found OA and that I came to my first meeting, that was my first cornerstone put in place. I knew that I had found what I needed. When I heard the 12 steps, I just knew it. And I knew too that I was um, in a room full of people I needed to be with. That was the first cornerstone. Another came maybe five, five or six years later. I went to a Overeaters Anonymous convention. And every meeting or workshop I stepped into was on step three. And somehow that weekend I really, really got it and took step three and I had a profound spiritual experience. It was amazing. And that was another cornerstone fixed in place for me. And no later vicissitude has shaken that. Even when I have relapsed, which I have many times, Um, I have remembered those experiences and known in my heart of hearts that I had a higher power. And every time I picked up the food, I knew exactly what I was doing. And each time I did it, it was more painful because I knew what I was doing. I knew I was turning my back on my higher power. So by the grace of God and my own willingness and desire to be closer to that higher power, I became willing to put down the food uh, and keep it down now for going on three years now this time. And I'm just so grateful because as I continue to abstain and as I clean up my food more and more over time, um, I feel that much closer and I feel God's guidance and presence in my life. And I know that's possible for anyone and everyone. We all have different kinds of spiritual experiences. There's quite a variety of spiritual experiences that happen here in these rooms. But you can have your own spiritual journey, your own spiritual experiences that are unique for you if you will but open your mind to the possibility. Take what we're offering you and try it. Try turning your will in your life over to the care of God as you understand God, even if you don't understand it. And with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Jody EQ. I have two minutes left before we close the meeting. Who can and then please stick around after that? Who would like to take that last two minutes here? Annie R. Annie R? Yes. Okay, please go ahead. Um I just want to talk about
9: three words, my mind, my heart, and faith. And my faith cannot ever come from my mind. My faith always has to come from my heart.
0: Okay, thank you, Annie. I have time for one more two-minute share. Who would like to step up?
14: Uh, ORB Los Angeles.
0: ORB, please go ahead. I've got you for two minutes.
14: Yeah, and I just had to chime in this morning. Um, I, this just a miracle of healing. Um, that line just really stuck out at me, and I've been in OA way for a long time, and um, I've had several relapses, years of relapse, and uh, I'm about a year out from my last relapse, and I'm finally feeling. Um, what the miracle of healing is. And I'm so grateful for that. And it also says, yet its elements are simple, circumstances made him willing to believe. And that's what my experience is it like. My experience up until now um, have just been the convincing process. And this year, um, I feel like I've. It's the circumstances that, I, you know, the, my relapses that made me truly willing to open up and humbly offer myself to my maker and to have a new experience of this thing. And um, like I said, I'm just so grateful. And um, the re- it also talks about the revulsion, the great revulsion. I really do feel like my my abstinence, my sobriety, um, my food sobriety is – something that I just I don't create just it 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 really has risen up in me and the power to abstain and to navigate life and deal with my deal with my problems and it really is something in me like I I don't create it I just participate in it and um, I'm just like I said I'm grateful and thank you for being there bye-bye
0: thank you Ori B thank you to everyone who has shared We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity uh, prayer. And I want to thank Team Friday for all their service. And please stick around. Uh, We'll do newcomers and sponsors. So Kathy Jo P., can you read A Vision for You?
7: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.